Welcome to AlleyCast, where we talk all things business, body image, mindset, and more. If it's juicy, we're talking about it, baby. Let's dive right in. Hello, loves. Welcome back to AlleyCast. I am so excited to be back. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have a really good episode. We're going to be talking about good foods versus bad foods. We're going to be talking about trigger foods and all of the fun stuff in between. But first, wanted to just share a huge, huge thank you to you guys for watching us on Shark Tank, for tagging us, for just being the most supportive. It honestly was such an incredible experience. And, you know, obviously, although we didn't get a deal, um, we just learned so much. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on the show. So if you haven't watched it, I think you can watch it on Hulu or ABC's website, I'm pretty sure. Um, But buckle up because. It's a very, uh, well, for me, it was very emotionally um, intense to watch. It probably won't be that way for you. Watching yourself on TV, it's a new thing for me, you know, never been on national TV before. And um, yeah, it was interesting. I was sweating a lot. <laughs> um, cool. So, want to dive right in good foods versus bad foods. I am so passionate to talk to you guys about this because this plagued the majority of my struggles with food. So yes, you know, I dabbled in restriction. I dabbled in binge eating and over-exercising and even tried to make myself throw up a few times. Um, never really considered myself like a full-blown bulimic, but I felt like I dipped my toe into each of these eating disorder boxes, so to speak. But the one that stayed constant, the one that was the strongest, the most consistent was my struggle with orthorexia, which if you're not familiar, if you're new to the podcast or you just haven't heard the term before, essentially what it means is it's healthy eating taken to the extreme. So with orthorexia, you're so obsessed with the cleanliness of the food. And I'm saying that with air quotes, and that just means either the nutritional profile, the ingredients panel, but it's not so much the caloric makeup or the quantity of food, but rather the quality of the food that you're consuming. And so for me, what that looked like, you know, I was terrified of number one, any inflammatory oils. And this was just exacerbated, extremely exacerbated by the wellness space as, you know, what we know it today. And I think we can all agree upon that, you know, certain foods are less nutritious than others, right? You know, you can't say that a donut is the same nutritional value as a head of broccoli. But with orthorexia, you really take that to the extreme where you say, okay, I am never going to have a donut again. I'm only going to choose like the healthiest option. Um, Or you'll have a lot of anxiety and guilt and shame around choosing or consuming an option that's less nutritious than something else. So it just creates a lot of anxiety, a lot of angst. Um, I'm like getting stressed out talking to you about this. I can't believe I did it for over a decade. And yeah, it just, it makes eating out really difficult. It makes living in the moment really difficult. You know, you're always sort of thinking about what's in the food. um, Where is your next meal coming from? So it's really stressful. And it created this mental prison for myself that I felt like I couldn't get out of. And I've done a podcast episode on this before um, around my fear of carbs, but I was really just terrified of carbs for so, so long. And I can't pinpoint it to really one reason or one source as to why I was so terrified of carbs. I think it was just in general, kind of what society and the media was telling us over the past few years. Um, You know, carbs are the devil. They'll spike your insulin. They'll, you know, make you gain weight and all of these things. And I just bought into it. And so 
rather than questioning these claims, rather than talking to someone who is qualified, like a registered dietitian or a doctor or someone similar, I totally ate it up, pun intended. Well, I guess I didn't eat it up. Um, and so I was terrified of carbs. From that point on, I, you know, my orthorexia started to slowly increase and I just became this carb phobic woman that, you know, walked around always thinking about food. So that's a little bit about my story. That's where this passion to share this with you guys and share how I healed from it comes from because I have been there and it's so challenging. It's so hard when you go out to eat at a restaurant and all of your friends are ordering tacos and burgers and pizza. And that's just, it's what you want. You want to live in the moment. You want to be like everyone else, but there's this crippling anxiety and this crippling fear around ordering those things because you don't know what's in them. And you know, they are so unhealthy, quote unquote unhealthy. Right. And so you order the kale salad and the whole time you're just mad at yourself and mad at the world and, you know, just pissed off and anxious and all of these negative emotions where going out to eat with your friends should be this really positive, incredibly fulfilling experience for your soul, for your emotions, for your body. Um, so I'm really proud to say that I have climbed out of that hole. I have the best relationship with food I've ever had in my life. And so I want to share some tips and tricks that helped me if you're also struggling with sort of the good food versus bad food mentality. And then we can go into um, trigger foods and how that I also worked through that as well. So number one, I worked with a professional. I worked with a nutritional therapist. I've talked about my gal Molly before, love her. Um, But you can work with anyone in the space in a similar field. Maybe it's a registered dietitian, you know, maybe it's just a therapist in general who has an emphasis in the nutritional side. But I highly, highly recommend finding someone who is trained in this field because yes, you can talk to friends. Yes, you can talk to loved ones, but they're not really going to be well-equipped to help you in the situation, to ask the right questions, to push you to dig deeper and work through some of these things that you're struggling with. They can be a great sounding board. They can be a good person to vent to, but they're not really, again, equipped to help you heal your relationship with food. Number two, I stopped thinking of foods as good foods versus bad foods. So I didn't think of a salad as good and I didn't think of a donut as bad. I really worked on paying attention to my thoughts and this isn't going to happen overnight, obviously. I I lived and operated this way for over a decade. So, you know, in one day, it probably wasn't going to change things. Um, so it took time. It took years. But would you rather keep living this way or would you start to work on it now and shift some of your thoughts? I interrupt this program to take a quick little break and share about a product that I have been loving. If you've ever bought granola butter before, you know we like to throw in a sticker or two. Get wild, have a party, it's a sticker party. But with the rebrand, we wanted to up-level our game. So we partnered with 99designs by Vistaprint for a sticker 2.0. Through their platform, we partnered with a female designer who created the sticker of my dreams. It was seamless, it was high quality, it was quick. So if you're looking for custom sticker creation and any other design service, highly recommend 99designs by Vistaprint. Check them out at 99designs.com. And now back to the episode. So prior to this, say I had you know grilled chicken and salads all day, I associated that food with my personal morality. So I said, I'm a good person and I felt proud of myself and I felt 
Like I had my shit together and I had so much willpower and I felt better about my body. And then that night, you know, after a whole day of basically restricting myself to just chicken and vegetables, say I had some Nutella or I had some, you know, a donut or I don't, I just keep using this donut. It's not, I don't have anything against donuts. Um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I fucked it up. Like I'm such a bad person. I felt so guilty, so shameful. I started spiraling negatively, um, with my emotions. And I just vowed to myself, okay, tomorrow I am hopping back on the wagon, getting back on track. And I'm just going to drink green juice all day long. Right? So it's this tying what you're eating to what kind of person you are, which, okay, zoom out for a second. I know when you're in a disorder like this, it makes perfect sense, but just zooming out, looking objectively, that makes no sense. So if under that logic, you would say that if I went and I killed the person and then I came back and I ate a grilled chicken salad, I would be an amazing human. No girl. No. If I was mother Teresa, but I had a donut, I should be sentenced to life in prison. No. Right. So it doesn't make sense. Um, but in our minds, it feels so real. So I I don't want to invalidate your feelings because I've been there and I know how challenging it is, but sometimes it is helpful to just zoom out and objectively think about what we're feeling and thinking. Cause oftentimes we think our thoughts are reality. They're so not (laughs) like there are so many times where what you're thinking and these thoughts that we're feeding ourselves are just lies. I know it's hard to believe it is, but it's, it's true. Number three, I started incorporating my fear foods back into my diet. So one of my fear foods was peanut butter and almond butter, carbs, you know, anything that was really calorically dense or high in carbs, I avoided, I was afraid of. And so what did I do? Just like being afraid of snakes, just like being afraid of spiders, exposure therapy, baby. You have to do it. You have to just rip off the band-aid and start small. Start incorporating your fear foods in small amounts. And again, really helpful if you work with a therapist on this. But what I did, I was terrified of carbs. So I started with half a piece of toast at breakfast because I also had this rule that I didn't want to eat late at night, especially eat carbs late at night. So I worked with my therapist and she was like, okay, well, what if we start in the beginning of the day? You know, if you feel like you're going to store fat after you eat at a certain time, let's just for right now, work under your (laughs) construct in your mind. And she didn't say it like this, but I'm sure this is what she was thinking. Um, And, you know, we're going to start with half a piece of toast for breakfast with, with your breakfast. That was so scary for me, which is just crazy to think. Like I was the type of girl that was afraid of bananas. I wouldn't put bananas in my smoothie. I was one of those. I know, I know. It's so embarrassing. Um, But I was, and you know, it's just, it's sad because bananas are delicious and they're also really good for you. Anyways, I digress. Um, So started with that. And then I realized, you know, first it was terrifying, right? Like anything you start doing. Then I had the half a piece of toast, went on with my day. I didn't feel any change. I didn't feel more energized. I didn't feel less energized. I felt the same. And I was like, huh. And I kept that up for a while. And I was like, you know, I didn't die from this bread. (laughs) And slowly over time, then I added, you know, another half. So I was eating a whole piece of bread or I was doing another, you know, portion of carbs at another meal and just slowly kind of built my way up. And then just carbs sort of, they lost their interest to me. You know, they, they didn't become as scary. And at the same time, they didn't become as alluring right? So this kind of leads me into my next topic of trigger foods. 
And I always get so many messages on trigger foods. People will message me, especially because I talk about binge eating a lot. And I, I don't think they've put two and two together that the reason you're binge eating is because you're restricting. You could be restricting physically, you know, actually not eating enough food, could be restricting mentally. So not, you know, allowing yourself to really have foods that you enjoy, restricting yourself from enjoying those foods emotionally. So you're eating the burger and fries, but the whole time you're saying, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm a bad person. I'm going to get fat. Oh, I'm such a pig, right? So this kind of conscious stream of negative thoughts, that's not allowing yourself, restricting yourself from pleasure and from enjoying the food you're eating. So all of those reasons could cause could cause binge eating, but oftentimes people don't think of those things and they actually blame the binge on a certain food or a food group. And they say, these or this is my trigger food. So I can't keep it in the house. I can't ever have it because once I have one little taste, one little bite, I go off the rails and I can't stop and I eat the whole bag until it's gone. And my response to that is it's not the food itself. It's your relationship to the food. So it's not the French fries. It's not the trail mix. It's not the nut butter that causes you to binge. It's your relationship to that. It's because you don't trust yourself around it. You're afraid of it. And because of that, obviously you're putting it on this pedestal and you're making it this really, you're giving it a false sense of power, right? It has this power over you when it's an inanimate object. (laughs) It's a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) It doesn't even breathe, you know? (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's my, here is my response to trigger foods. Stop focusing on the food. Take a step back, take a breath, take a breath, girl. Take a step back, focus on your relationship to the food. And maybe look at your relationship with food as a whole. Because maybe this isn't just you can't control yourself around peanut butter. I don't know why I'm picking on peanut butter. Maybe it's because I have a nut-free spread and (laughs) not the biggest fan of peanut butter. No, I'm just kidding. So maybe it's not the peanut butter itself, but it is your relationship to food in general and not allowing yourself to have it, being afraid of it and restricting yourself from it. So that is my food for thought for you guys today. Um, If you have any questions, concerns, let me know. (laughs) Leave a review, do all the things. I should actually start telling you guys, don't leave a review. Don't tell your friends about this podcast. This is a secret podcast because then you'd probably do the opposite. All right. Love you guys. Bye.